episode of the Accounting Twins Podcast. My name is Norma. My name is Becky, and that hasn't changed in the last few weeks. I mean, unless you decide to go buy Rebecca. Oh my no. gosh, you guys want to know a fun fact? So when I was little, I went by my middle name, Callie. I didn't know it was my middle name. I thought my first name was Callie. So up until I was seven, I went by Callie. Then I found out my name was Norma. So then I go by Norma. So yeah, a little fun fact about me and my life. I hope you all enjoyed that. She also goes by Becky's sister because that's the best name ever. We all hope you had a splendid Thanksgiving. We know we did. We spent so much time with each other. And if you heard about from episode eight, my professor, the best one, AKA Ben, AKA the best professor, AKA my audit professor, let Becky come to my audit class for the day. And it was a discussion day. So we had like a day of discussing a research paper and a case. And it was super fun because Becky got to participate. It was fun. But I also had no clue what was going on because it pertains to audit. And I just like, I'm obviously not an auditor. So like they're talking about like going concern and stuff. And obviously like I know what that is from like my like surface level auditing classes. But they were going like in depth. So I was kind of just like sitting there like dumbfounded. But also like paying attention. But also like doing a little bit of work. So I was like in a million places at once. I know. And so I don't think I brought this up at the beginning of the season, but when we started the audit class, we had to play two truths and a lie because we wanted to learn if like we could enact in professional skepticism and like trying to figure out if someone was lying or not. Cause you know, auditors got to sometimes figure out like if their clients are lying and you know, have fraud. So we did two, two truths and a lie at the beginning of the year. And Ben was oh so gracious enough to let Becky do two truths and a lie, but they were all about me. These are so funny. Okay, so I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to tell you all three and then, I mean, you guys can't guess, but whatever. So the first one was that when we were little kids, um, I think we were three, maybe four. Norm and I decided to play tag in the house because like what four-year-old doesn't want to chase their sibling around the house and Norma made the genius idea to put pantyhose tights on our heads so we couldn't see so we were playing tag without being able to see and I tripped over one of those like one step stools and I broke my arm um another one was that when how old was how old were we in this one this one was like maybe six or seven we went on a family cruise and we were waiting to get back on from one of our excursions and I just punched her tooth out for no reason Norma got $20 from the Tooth Fairy and I wasn't allowed to eat dessert. And then the last one was when we were 10. My parents were distracted because our older sister needed some help with something. Maybe it was like for school. I don't know. And so Norma and I were just goofing around. I think we were watching Cinderella. And we're, No, we were watching Kung Fu Panda. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we were just hanging out. You know, Norma and I had the same exact haircut when we were little kids. She decided to cut my bangs very bad like 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 different levels and it was so bad and she had hit it under the couch so my parents couldn't see it i'll tell you which one of those is a lie at the end of the episode so you got to stay on while y'all are simmering out on that trying to see like the truths what's the lie i can't wait for you guys to like be astonished by this but anyways so the rest of this episode is just basically going to be concerning one of the town halls we watched for the aicpa the link will be in the description below it's thursday October 6th of this year, and the title for this town hall is the CPA Pipeline and Changes to the Exam. So honestly, that's just what we're going to be talking about the rest of this episode, kind of giving like 
our perspective on what they were talking about during their town hall. So in this town hall, one of the things that they mention is the inability to find good accounting talent, specifically due to the declining college rates due to how expensive college is. And obviously, we have so many opinions on this. So I just kind of wanted to talk about this first topic. Like, if the AICPA is concerned about the decline in college graduates who are going into accounting, specifically public accounting, they really need to reevaluate the 150 credit requirement, specifically if they're saying that money is an issue. Because if students can't pay for college, they definitely cannot pay for grad school. And even if they could pay for college, they might not be able to then pay for grad school. Because unless you're double, triple, triple majoring, you're not, you quite literally cannot graduate with 150 credits just from undergrad. So then you're having to take out student loans, even more student loans, just to get the 150 credit requirements. Like, for example, I'm in grad school. Becky's not. Exactly. And Norm and I were lucky enough to have um, assistance in paying for our college. But I, I don't mean to speak on behalf of you, Norma, but if we fully had to pay for our own college, I don't know how you would feel about taking out even more loans to go to grad school when you still haven't even paid off your undergrad. So if they're saying that money is an issue for undergrad to get the 150 credits, like how can they expect people to pay for grad school and all of their books and all of their materials to sit for this exam? Yeah, exactly. I've been thinking about this the entire time because I'm pretty sure... 75 to 90 percent of my peers in my graduate program are paying for graduate school themselves, which is a lot more considered when, or sorry, which is a lot more compared to our undergraduate when people did not have to pay for college as themselves. Like, like Becky just said, we were, were extremely privileged to have our parents be helping out with our tuition. So if I had to pay my undergraduate tuition, I truthfully don't think I'd be going to grad school. I just don't think that I would think it's feasible taking out so many more student loans. And I think the AICPA just kind of needs to get that in their head. We should probably change the requirement because it, at this point, I think it's a lot of money Like, because I know I would not be pursuing this opportunity and this extra degree if it weren't for the fact that I had my undergraduate paid for. And to be completely honest, I think I'm a very rational person. I value like a, a quote unquote return on investment. So like I know that I'm going to be getting a great return on investment um, later on in life with a salary in the public accounting world. Exactly. But even so, I just don't, I don't think I could rationalize spending another 25 grand on student loans that's just the principle. Let's not, don't get me started on the freaking interest. But I don't think I could rationalize paying another 25 grand if I didn't have to pay for my undergraduate degree. I'm just curious what the AICPA thinks the difference between a student with 120 and 150 credits is. Because you have to study for the CPA exam. It's not like you come out of grad school and you're ready to take those exams. Norma is taking the CPA exams and there's like, what, six units to her first exam and she's having to teach herself everything. So if she's having to teach herself everything, what do these additional 30 units that she's learning in college have to do with the exam she's taking 
besides the fact that she has to meet the requirement of 150 credits. Because again, she's still learning some of this stuff on her own. Yeah, I would say I'm almost done with my first semester of graduate school and there's only two semesters. And I would say everything that I'm learning is, sure, it is so beneficial, but like, especially my communications class, I'll learn on the job, my audit class, I'll learn when I take the audit exam. My tax class, I'll learn when I take the tax exam. All of this, I guess, is supplement supplementary because it's going to be helping me take my exams, but it's not like setting me so far apart from other people. Like I am completely honest, if I didn't have the 150 requirement, I would not be going to grad school. I would not be wasting my money on this. But because of the 150 requirement, I am spending my money on it. And it honestly sucks because I think that I would be able to spend more time on my CPA studying. But no, now I'm having to divvy up my time between CPA studying and school and everything I'm learning in school, I'm going to be learning in my CPA studying. I also know that they talk about the work-life balance when you are quite literally a student studying for your CPA and as well a part-time worker. And you have to have a social life. Like you have to have those things to be able to be a little bit happy. Like you need a little bit of a social life. And so I know we talk about it all the time, but can you just like quickly go over like the difficulty of being able to balance those four things and the AICPA thinking that, oh, it's one year. It's fine. It'll be fine. I wish I could screen share right now my calendar that I have, like my Google Calendar app that I have planned every week, because I'm waking up at 7 a.m. every morning to study, whether it be to do school studying or CPA studying. I have anywhere from two to five hours of class a day, which I understand is not necessarily a lot, but then I'm coming home, I'm studying for that. I have at least four hours a day of CPA studying. I have maybe two to four hours a day that I need to do for school studying. And then I work 10 to 15 hours a week. That doesn't include like if I'm babysitting, house sitting, driving to and from wherever I'm going. And then also for my mental sanity, having a social life. Like my calendar is filled probably seven to nine every day, like 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day, just full of stuff. And half the time, like the only time I get to myself is when I stay up late instead of sleeping. So basically, life is just super busy. And also with the work-life balance, I think, so basically, my life is busy and it's still going to remain busy when I do become a CPA and work in public accounting because, as the AICPA talks in this town hall, the work-life balance is not really balanced. Agreed. I get that even in private accounting. We have weekly meetings every Monday with the revenue team. And of course, we have our goals to like get month end done, to get quarter close done. But the biggest goal that we have is to make the work-life balance so much better. My manager, Jessie, I love this woman. She works her butt off every single day. And she has a two-year-old. Like, she should be able to go spend time with her two-year-old and not have to go worry about work all the time. And I can't even imagine what that would be like if she were at a public firm because they are pulling longer hours during the busy season for a much longer period of time. AICPA, if you're listening to this, kind of just recognize, like, if you really want to also help the work-life balance, you need to decrease the requirements to become a CPA. 
because then we'll have more accountants and people who want to be a CPA, thus decreasing the workload because it's dispersed around a greater number of people. One of the things I also think the AICPA needs to address is the difference in our generation compared to older generations. And it's not saying that we need to have everything handed to us and molded to us. It's just the fact that humans are evolving and so should the workforce it shouldn't no things are ever going to stay the same so i think it needs to evolve to that because norma and i have spoken to this a lot and i can attest for it like our generation isn't lazy but we love seeing progress and results sooner we norma spoke about roi like the return on investment of her life earlier and she knows it's going to be great but for some people one year of grad school and then 18 months of studying for your cpa is so draining like you've seen norma and we've talked about her and i don't mean to like be like hey norma your life is terrible but like <laughs> we should have a good quality of life for a little bit like that's why we're here for like what 85 90 years just to have a good time like why should we spend a whole 18 24 months crying our eyes out yeah, and I think I'm fortunate enough to where I have that perspective, to where I can understand the benefits of having a really crappy one to two years in grad school and studying for my CPAs and then realizing it will get better down the line. But I think a lot of our generation is just like, I just, like Becky said, I just don't think it's worth it. And to be honest, sometimes I'm like, is this worth it? It's it's way too much. Exactly. And Norma and I are vocally speaking about this and we're so grateful to have the platform to do this, but there are people out there who don't have it so they can't bring these concerns to the AICPA. And so Norma and I want to use this platform to be able to share that if the AICPA wants more accountants and they want more public auditors, things have to change. We're not saying, saying they need to lower the standards or anything. We're saying they just need to change how they approach the standards. Yeah, exactly. And like everything that I'm saying about like grad school don't want to do it because of the 150 hour requirements everything it's too expensive yes this is my opinion but everything that i'm bringing up is also what i've heard from my peers it's just not my perspective exactly. i think if it were just my perspective then perhaps i would kind of reevaluate myself and see what am i looking at why am i thinking these things but it's not just me i could if I wanted to name all the names, I could of all of my peers who have the exact same perspective as me, that this is too much. Exactly. And another thing that the they mentioned within this town hall is that as much as they would love to change things, there are hurdles that people need to go through. Um, I guess you would say like goals that need to be met, which is totally understandable. So many professions have exams you need to pass and certifications and everything. But I would say, just based on mine and Norma's knowledge of some of our friends who are going through pharmacy school, nursing school, engineering, that the CPA exam is one of the more strenuous exams. Oh my gosh. Especially the fact that it's a, like a four-part exam, in a sense. Like, you have to take four exams to get your license. Because I was talking to my roommate, and we were just kind of debriefing how the rest of our semester is going to look like. And I was like, honestly, like... I love you, I love everyone else in the house, but I will not be seeing you because I will be holing up in my room studying for this exam. And she's like, that's okay, we're gonna have time together to hang out next semester because you won't have your exam. And I was like, uh, you might wanna like hold that thought for a second because I have three exams that I'll have to take next year. Obviously I'm not gonna take them all next semester, but I have more exams that I have to take next semester. And she's like, oh crap. I'm like, 
she's she she's a business student herself. She's a double major doing marketing and management. And she herself is like, that's a lot of requirements to do accounting. And you, on top of that, you have to do grad school to re, to meet those requirements. Like, I don't know any other people that have to take that exam. For nursing, you have the NCLEX. For pharmacy school, I think you have, I don't know, my roommate does pharmacy. She's taking an exam. And then for, to do law, you have to do the bar. That's one exam. CPA is four. I think it's also important to mention that when we were listening to this town hall, they were talking about, like, shepherds who are mentoring students to take the CPA exam. That is amazing that there are mentors out there. But in my opinion, these quote-unquote shepherds had such a different experience than what we do now. Because, for example, when I was going through my graduate admissions orientation, I had three different professors say how they were able to take all of their CPA exams within six to eight weeks because they didn't work, they didn't do school. Like, it was just six to eight weeks of doing that. That is not possible nowadays. You cannot, unless you are living with your parents or have saved up enough money, you have to work. You And then you probably have to go to school to get the 150-hour requirement. I don't have the ability to do nothing for six to eight weeks and just study. I don't have the monetary resources to do that, and I don't have the 150-hour credits to do that. So these shepherds are probably need to think, times have changed. What I was able to do back then, even 10, 15 years ago to study for the exam, most people cannot do now. Exactly. So even like in my mentoring group, I talked about this, I'm pretty sure in episode four, my mentor, who is one of the professors I deeply admire, he's one of those people who was able to pass the CPA exams in eight weeks. I can't connect to him on that level. To be honest, I'm finding it very hard to find a mentor who has the same experience that I'm going to be going through where they're having to study throughout college and take all of their exams while working, while doing a graduate school and does not have the privilege to do it in such a short amount of time. I'm finding it very hard to find someone who's just going through what everyone else is going through now. The times are changing and and it's not just like the generations of people are changing. The work-life balance is changing. The workload is changing. The way the economy works is changing. So things that happened, what, 10, 20, 30 years ago were not the same that it is now in so many different vast areas. And I think that needs to be accounted for in the ways that the AICPA will be changing the exam. And they have already changed the exam for next year, which is so great. I'm so excited to see how this is going to turn out because I think it could be a really, really great thing. And I applaud them for taking the initiative on that. I just think they also need to change the stepping stones to take the CPA exam. Because while you can go ahead and change step five, you need to change steps one, two, three, and four as well. Yeah, exactly. So if anyone from the AICPA is listening to this, just please take what we're saying to heart because we're lucky enough to have this platform to speak about this. And one of the things during the town hall was, well, we've never heard this from stu students or CPA candidates, so we think it's fine. We're here saying it's not fine. Exactly. And we're not just trying to like tear the AICPA down at all. We are just trying to say our opinions because like Norma said, they haven't heard these things before. So we want to be able to tell these people these things. And the AICPA also needs to realize that 
not every student has a platform to be able to do it. They're not just gonna tweet it on Twitter or send them an email. Like they don't even know if the AICPA is gonna read that email, but hopefully they'd listen to this podcast and realize that as two accounting students, one who isn't even taking the exam, not solely because of the requirements for other factors, but that being one of them, that things could change. Because I'm really good at accounting. I'm really good at it, and I don't mean to toot my own horn. (laughs) But the requirements leading up to it have definitely been something that will turn me away. And I don't want them to think, oh, she's just not strong enough to be able to go ahead and take the CPA exam. She's giving up. I am not giving up. I am succeeding at my job. I got an excellent performance review today. But I just didn't like all the hurdles that I had to take and all the work-life balance differences that the accounting world is providing. Yeah. And I think one point, I guess, really just to wrap this up is, honestly, we all pretty much know there might be a recession coming up soon. I know that I have job security because there is such a demand. Knock on wood. Knock, knock, (laughs) knock. But I know that I have job security because there is such a demand for certified public accountants. So kind of like, great, if you're an accountant, woohoo, job security. But also it that needs to make you realize why the heck is there job security because there is so much demand because there's not enough supply boom economics i just learned that in my bec studying i mean i've learned it before but still (laughs) i remember all of our economics classes remember when i wanted to do economics and try to go to law school for a little bit and then i realized that just like i couldn't emotionally handle that because like i could never just sit in front of a judge and be like you're wrong and i'm like oh why do you think i'm right yeah anyways Yes, I'm a strong, it. independent woman. Whether or not, I'm good at showing it. Yeah. And I apologize if it felt like it seemed like we were kind of talking in circles about the same stuff while we were moving from topic to topic. But I think that's because everything encompasses each other. Like, why is there the decrease in demand, 150-hour requirements, the extra money, the return on investment? All of that just encompasses each other. So This is talk an Excel circular reference right now. Oh my, we're not even going to bring up Excel circular references. <laughs> Anyways, before we close this episode, I know you all have been dying to hear what the lie is. And the third one, I think it was the third one, was a lie. Norma did not cut my hair. But it's only a partial lie because she cut her own hair. So really, all of those lies were either me bullying Norma or Norma bullying herself. Or me. Yeah. Because I did, I did ha- come up with the idea of the pantyhose on her head that broke her arm. I did, or she did punch me, and I lost a tooth. And let's let it be known that Becky punched a tooth that wasn't even loose. And, and it fell into the ocean. I never found it again. Maybe a mermaid got it. But also, I don't want you guys to think I'm a bully. I didn't actually, like, fully, like, WWE or whatever it's called, punch her, like... It was kind of just like we were messing around, goofing, and I just accidentally, like, knocked it out. We went, and it went to the ocean with some mermaids. And then I cut my bangs because the day before, I had just gotten a haircut, and my bangs were fine. I thought they were great length. And then we went swimming, and I was like, oh my gosh, they're so long, because I, I was young enough and didn't realize that, like, your hair gets longer when it gets wet. So I just Remember went, that? yep. But the, th- but the thing is, when I cut my hair, I cut half of it, like, two, like... In the middle of my nose, I cut half of it 
So one half was like super short and the other half of my bangs was like the correct length. And as a punishment, my parents didn't let me fin fix it. Well, like, good on them because I never cut my hair again. <laughs> Do you remember when we were still living in Georgia? We were like not, I think we were in preschool and you shaved your face because you saw dad shave his face and you like had cuts all over your face and you had to wear band-aids to school the next day. And mom was like, oh Lord, help the child. Yeah, I tried shaving like my, around my chin and just cut my chin and... Yeah, I had to wear band-aids for a few weeks. Wow, we are really picking on me this episode. We're talking about all the things we did when we were younger. And then even now, just currently. Well, I mean, struggling. it's because I'm perfect. I'm perfect. Like, try and think of something stupid I did. Um, yeah, that's what I thought. I just That's what I thought. Yeah, well, I really hope that if you're from the AICP or even an accountant or anyone, you enjoyed this talk about the AICPA, CPA pipeline, and the CPA exam. And I hope you also enjoyed hearing about me and <laughs> how I just did not thrive when I was younger, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you're not really thriving right now either, so you really got to take a U-turn when, when you become an adult. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I will be thriving in a few years when I'm done with my exams, hopefully done with all of my student debt because I will be rocking in the money, Becky, and I'll be making more than you. And then you're going to be coming to me like, oh, Emma, give me that money. No, no, I don't want to hear it. I'm going to make more money than you next year. And once I graduate out of the LDP program, I'm going to make more money. I don't want to hear it. And I send you money now. She does. She still does send me <sighs> coffee money every week. She, I know we mentioned that in episode seven. She is a nice sister and she does that. So if you're listening to this, send your siblings coffee money because it makes you love your, your siblings love you more because I love Becky more that she sends me coffee money. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to continue to bully you after we record this then. Well, you can't bully me because I'm going to go study. <laughs> I'm going to go eat Subway because I have an obsession with sandwiches. Okay, well, everyone, thanks for listening to this episode. We will catch you next time on the Accounting Twins podcast with, I guess, Becky Steiger and Becky Steiger's sister. Exactly. Have a fabulous week. Long time, Croy.